0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Matt Hummer podcast episode 117. I'm Mo and you're L. How are you L?
1: Good thanks, how are you?
0: I'm alright. Having a good week in the uh, relentless sunshine. I say it's relentless, it has actually finally clouded over. but
1: I love it so much. This morning when I looked out the window it was literally like I was on holiday. But then I wasn't because I had to come and talk to you.
0: <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I don't know to say for that, sorry mate. <laughs> I the reaper of your uh, your holiday dreams. You're the worst goth ever. Do you know that? You really do love the sunshine. I really do
1: love the sunshine. I'm wearing full black though. I'm wearing a black crop top and black shorts and black socks.
0: And also, uh, it looks like on your Instagram that you've made a crow friend now. Is
1: that <gasps> the thing? Yes. Oh, so the crow friend... He's been visiting my garden and the next door neighbor's garden. I've just been getting super, super, super excited to see him. I'm like always running out with my phone trying to get a picture of him. But, you know, inevitably he always like jumps away at the last minute. But I was looking out the window yesterday and he was on top of the overflow pipe, which is like slightly higher up in the building in the flat above. And the crow was sitting on the pipe and drinking the water. And it was the greatest thing ever. And he was so clever. He was, like, poking his beak into the pipe and drinking all the water.
0: They are really clever. Like, um, I no. had one, obviously, at Glastonbury like a few years ago, and I was just half-cut walking around uh, one of the hippie fields. I can't remember which one. And that was just this dude with, a like, a pet crow on his shoulder. And he, like, I'd never interacted with a crow before. And he, like, jumped over. And it's actually, like, it's like a parrot or something. They're really intuitive and clever and, like...
1: He's beautiful. He's really big and really glossy. And he clearly lives in the trees around the garden because I keep seeing him. He's just such a beautiful crow. I hope he never leaves.
0: What a lovely, lovely feathery boy. Uh, We have (laughs) a brand new issue of Metal Hammer on sale right now. It is in the shops in the UK. You can buy it online from tinyurl.com slash buyhammer. Um, It's a special tribute issue to Paul Gray from Slipknot, who, of course passed away 10 years ago this month. Uh, I think the actual date was last Sunday. Um, so we put together a tribute issue to Paul, very expertly and lovingly written by Elle. Uh, yeah, it's an amazing read and um, just a really special piece. Elle did a great job, I think, getting in loads of Paul's peers and um, uh, and friends to kind of pay tribute as well. It was quite heartening to see some of the people tell some of those anecdotes and, and kind of memories and just general Um, thoughts about him and what he meant to them
1: yeah it was really nice to see all those memories come in and just see what people had to say about their friendships and special shout out to Jacoby Shaddix from Papa Roach who
0: got
1: got on a lockdown zoom call and had a good chat with him about his memories of the walk tour and so on so it was really nice to hear people talk about
0: paul and what he meant to them yeah totally it's a really really good read and i think um i think a lot of slipknot fans already know what paul meant to the band obviously he was he was the bassist and he was the most quiet um well one of the more quiet kind of personalities in the band not maybe the first person to do press or be in front of a camera or anything like that but he was such an integral part of the band the founding member a huge part of the songwriting process for many of their most famous in, and and important songs um, and he was a massive, massive loss to the band in many, many ways uh, as is evident by the piece that Elle wrote and, and the tributes that came in um, yeah, it, uh, it's it's, it's, yeah, it's a great piece you should all go read it, it's on sale now so if you're out doing your shop uh, you can grab it if you go past the magazine stands or as I've said before, you can get it delivered nice and safely to your house or to your device, uh, head over to tinyrl.com byhammer to find out how to do that and the magazine also comes with over £10 worth of exclusive bonus digital mags and a brand new exclusive bonus Slipknot digital mag that we put together, painstakingly put together, counting down their 20 greatest songs ever. Uh, it's a rather splendid little collection, if I do say so myself. <laughs> um, and there's loads of other great stuff in there as well. We've got a really cool piece um, on the mixtapes that made metal. So all of those iconic metal compilations that were really important to the metal scene over the years. Um, we've got features with the likes of Nightwish, Aranzi Pazuzu, Ozzy Osbourne, Guns N' Roses, My Dying Bride, Ice Nine Kills, loads of stuff in there. Um, but yeah, very much mainly about uh, paying tribute to Paul Gray, who was such an important member of Slipknot, and it yeah. much missed.
1: We should say it's a celebration as well, you know. Yeah. It's really celebrating what he brought to the band and his role in the band and how did he developed as a player as well and went from being a, a guitarist and sort of aspiring to be in a band to switching to bass to being in Slipknot and his massive contribution to the music that they wrote.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think um, to me, I think it's testament to how powerful Paul was in the band that, to be honest, I feel like we kind of talked before about how it really feels like Slipknot are really, really beloved by everyone again. Like it feels like everyone was so with them on that last album cycle. And, you know, I think most people thought that the great chapter at least had some good stuff in it, but that era maybe felt a little bit more disjointed and like they were finding their feet with the new lineup. And it, and it feels like it's taken, I mean, you know, it's 10 years since Paul's died and it's only really taken till now where I really feel like Slipknot properly found their feet again as a unit, Um, which again is testament to, how important he was and his memory absolutely lives on. And uh, yeah, as Elle said, it's a big celebration of his life and career, which are both very fascinating things to read about. Um, Lots of stuff happening in the metal world. The metal world continues to move apace despite all the bullshit that's going on in the world. Uh, Faith No More have rescheduled their UK and European dates. Uh, You can head to metalhammer.com for the full list of new dates. I think they're due to be um, in our part of the world within the next few weeks. Um, but obviously that's now not going to happen, but they have rescheduled. So you can see all the new dates now over on the Methammer website. Uh, and also a very cool thing they've done is that they've announced a special merchandise sale to raise money for their road crew. Because um, as we all know, if you're in a road crew, if you're part of a band's touring machine, uh, you do not have any work going on right now. So it's really cool that Faith No More are uh, drawing attention to that and um, raising some money for some of their, uh, their good friends and colleagues. Uh, what else is going on now? This is quite exciting.
1: Yeah, apparently Corey Taylor has recorded a solo album. He announced on Lizzie Hale's podcast "Raise Your Horns" that he secretly recorded the album with members of his solo band, and he said that many of the tracks are songs he'd already written, but that didn't fit with Stone Sour or Slipknot.
0: Yeah, this is cool. Um, uh, I mean, you know, we know it. it kind of, it's, I had to double take and double check to see that Corey hadn't actually done a solo album because he's just been so present in his own personality and his own kind of individuality outside of his main two bands that it's amazing he hasn't actually done something like this till now i know he's done like eps and singles and covers and stuff but this is gonna be the real deal it looks like
1: yeah i went to see him when he did his solo tour when he was basically talking about his life taking audience questions and just playing songs from across his career and obviously he did that sweary christmas song (laughs) oh yeah yeah It's kind of crazy that he wouldn't have done something by now because it just seems like he would have done. Like you said, he's done all the books as well. So yeah, should be cool. I'm sure he's got a lot to say.
0: Yeah, I'm interested. I'm very interested to see because Corey's definitely a very uh, ambitious songwriter. And um, yeah. one of the things you will see actually when you read the uh, the thing about the 20 greatest Slipknot songs in the new issue is that Corey was always a real driving force in trying to push Slipknot out of their comfort zone. So if that's kind of... If he's been writing stuff that he feels doesn't fit Slipknot or Stone Sour, it's going to be really interesting to hear what that sounds like. So I'm very intrigued because he's got a lot of strings to his bow, has young Mr. Taylor, uh, (laughs) as he's apparently known. Uh, In other good new music news, Parkway Driver working on new music. That is very uh, very exciting indeed. Uh, Winston confirmed in a new interview with Rock Sound that the band have started writing while in lockdown. Um, so yeah we did kind of question whether bands would have time to write now that they're not able to go out on the road and it looks like Parkway are doing that which is good because Parkway are the best
1: I agree I have nothing to add apart from I'm excited
0: <laughs> I know they've pushed back the um, the uh, the big kind of uh, shows they were doing across Europe to um, I think later in the year now um, but yeah it'll be interesting to see if they now have some new music to accompany that whenever those shows might finally take place Which is good. Uh, We got an album of the week this week. We're going to do the new album from Blue from Within, which I'm quite (laughs) excited about. Love these guys for a very long time. The what? It's really good. It's really fucking good. It's really Um, good. (sighs) It feels weird to do this because I feel like I have to do this every time we cover Blue from Within because they've had such a um, no pun intended fractured um it's terrible
1: i can't believe you just did that
0: i didn't mean to do it i just started to say it and then i realized that it genuinely wasn't on purpose the new album's called fracture and maybe this is why because they have had a very fractured and um turbulent journey as a band uh i mean um i feel, it's weird i feel like i'm having deja vu here because i feel like we were, it was in a similar position many years ago with them but so for people who aren't familiar with the Blue From Within guys, we've done them on the podcast a lot. We've done them in the magazine. As a matter of fact, we have an interview with them in the new issue of Metal Hammer that you can get out right now as well. That goes through a lot of this stuff. Um, but they kind of came on the, metal, they're a uh, Scottish kind of heavy metal core groove metal kind of band um, from Glasgow. Uh, they turned up at kind of the end of the, um, the noughties. They had a couple of albums out in that time, Humanity and Empire. They were both really good. And then they kind of went off the grid a little bit for a few years. Um, There's been some kind of issues with labels and just some problematic decision making around the band, um, which they kind of got into some depth, some stuff they don't want to talk about too much. But basically, they had a bit of a bumpy ride. And then they came back in 2013 with this album, Uprising, which is one of my favourite British metal albums of the last 10 years. It's such a great record. Um, We really ragged about it at the time, really felt like it was the moment where they were going to get back on the horse and become a really significant force in British metal. And then nothing for five years, which was just so, so strange. Um, So there were more issues there and more things that were holding them back, which again, they talk about in the new issue of Hammer. They came back again with Era, uh, their fourth album in 2018, which I thought was another really strong album, kind of a similar vibe to Uprising, kind of continued that groove they'd gotten into at that point um and now 2 years later they're back again with this album fracture um and as we said at the start i think this album fucking slays i had solid expectations because i think Bleed from within are a really great band but um i think this is probably certainly the most concise album they've done it's like 10 tracks and out no messing about um uh, and every song on it absolutely rules i just think when it comes to really good modern crushing heavy metal similar to what we said about trivium a few months ago this is what i want metal to sound like in 2020 i think they've absolutely nailed it what are your thoughts al
1: literally that like it's a big modern metal album that sounds like now sounds very slick very shiny just really crushes as well and there's just some really cool little sounds going on in there as well like little cool guitar tones there's a couple of like uh, like big solos it's drawing yeah, it's from-
0: that because i picked out um one of the solos what did i pick out a solo
1: fall away there's a massive solo yeah fall away. Stood out to me
0: and it's quite like they're quite kind of like heavy metal like kind of yeah proper-
1: it really stood out to me after the first few songs actually i was like oh there's a big solo where did that come from yeah
0: i really like um uh i mean they've always had this thing in their locker one of the things i love about believe from within is that they're quite hard to pin down as a as a band because the last few albums have have Brought in so many different elements of heavy metal music, um, but there's a real lot of thrash on this album, like real kind of like juddering, galloping guitar riffs and stuff. There's some quite testamenty sounding stuff on here, which I really, really like. And um, the end of all we know—that's the first song on there. That's got a bit of that in there. um For all to see as well. That's got a bit on there as well. Uh, and yeah, for, uh, yeah, for all to see, and then fall away, which we mentioned already. That's got a kind of good thrashy heavy metal vibe to it. Um, but there's loads of other stuff on it as well. I mean, we are really hearing the influence of Gajira on Modern Metal now because the grooves on Pathfinder are just pure Gajira. And, you know, it's easy to be snide about that. It's like, oh, I see you've been listening to Gajira. But fuck me, they, they um, employ it so, so well. And when they drop those moments, they sound absolutely huge. Like, it's one of those things where I put this album on kind of got on with my work and I was listening to it and then I kept finding myself stopping because there'd be this like, big riff or this big groove or this big drop that just makes you stop what you're doing and just go oh.
1: Also why would you not listen to Gajira? Why would Absolutely you know not want to sound like Gajira? Gajira are amazing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I would not um, utilize one of the greatest heavy metal bands of all time um, but it's cool because it's more of a modern sound it's, it's evidence that bands are kind of taking account of what's going on now it's not just like oh here's a machine head riff or oh here's a i made in solo you know it's all it's all more modern sound and stuff as well which is great um one thing i really noticed is that scott's vocals i feel like have matured in a really interesting way um i got a lot of winston McCall in his vocals on this in that kind of like barked growly but very clear and concise uh delivery that winston's so good at i felt really i don't know if it's intentional but it, it just the first few tracks it was really bugging me where I'd kind of heard this delivery before and then it really reminded me of Winston on the last Parkway album.
1: Lama God, Randy Blythe as well. He's really good at that. Where you've just got these like really metal lyrics, but you can really like grasp a hold of them really quickly because like you said, they're really, really clear. There was like a lyric that really sprang out on me. I think it was Utopia. It says, I'm born again with a fistful of rage to set the record straight. And I was like, this is just like something you'd have at a festival pit Literally, you would just go straight in there. Yeah, that would happen. Yeah.
0: It's, it's really well built um, for live crowds. And there's loads of like kind of call out moments and big choruses and big like shout outs and stuff that you can, like you say, definitely see live crowds and festival crowds grasping onto. Like Bleed From Within have always, um, I've, you know, I've never disliked anything they've done, but it's rare that I think they put an album out where you can see every single song really hitting it live. And I know that's something they talked about On the last album, like they had moments, I can't remember what the lead single off the last album was now, but um, they said that when they went out and started touring that record, people were singing that song back to them straight away. And I think they've taken that lesson and really spread it over this record because there's so many big moments that sound like they belong on a big stage. Um, There's some more kind of clean vocal experimentation that I think really works on The End of All We Know and uh, Ascend. It's not overwrought. It's not kind of pushing it. It's just kind of nice little extra catchy bits that can maybe you know bring out a little bit more crowd participation and just give the album a few more layers than it had previously I think in a send
1: be- actually you mentioned that like being melodic that really reminded me of alias by in flames the riff there
0: oh nice that's Did an awesome get that? that's an awesome thing yeah i I back that that's cool it really jumped out at me yeah definitely i mean yeah again like a band that you can just uh whose influence you can see um all over the place now um and yeah i just i love how heavy metal this album is it's proudly heavy metal it's not kind of hiding those kind of old school influences but it's also i mean the band and el's already mentioned them, the band that i compare this band to is lamb of God because for me like if you're looking forward to that lamb of god album and what you want from a lamb of god album having heard that and heard this i think you you will it's going to be i don't know quite how to put it not many bands do Lamb of God as well as Lamb of God do, but for what they do well, Bleed From Within are right up there as well. And I think this album is, you know, showing some of the older boys how it's done, to be honest. I think they are absolutely phenomenal about working in those big riffs, those big, heavy grooves, um, but still managing to work in all those hooks that kind of keep you coming back. Uh, yeah, and once again, I just love that this is like, I think it's, 10, I think it's literally 10 tracks. Yeah, 10 tracks are out, no messing around. That's what I'm talking about. Like, you don't need to kind of try and overthink it. Just like 10 big heavy metal bangers. Trivium did exactly the same trick um, earlier this year uh, and it's worked spectacularly well. I genuinely think this is the best thing this band has done. And even though I was convinced I would like it because I like everything they've done, I didn't think I'd find myself really loving it like I do. And I'm really, really pleased for them knowing what they've gone through that, they've managed to get back into a groove again where they're putting out great material and probably as the old saying goes better than they've ever been. <laughs> but I mean that when I say it, it's true. It's true. So yeah. Um, yeah. I can't think of anything more to add to that really, other than if you just like modern heavy metal music, much of modern metal music in general done really, really fucking well. And it sounds urgent and it sounds like it's from now and it sounds it belongs in 2020. Um, If you like your Lamb of Gods and your Triviums and your Machine Heads, Bleed From Within should be in that conversation as well. And this is an absolutely great album. So, yeah, it's called Fracture and uh, it's out on Friday uh, via Century Media, I believe. Um, So you should go and listen to that. Uh, there's also other stuff out this week, by the way. A uh, new Storm album. Um, chances are you're going to know if you want to listen to that or not by now. <laughs> but uh, it is very, very L That band continues just to just defile expectations. Uh, Curse of the Crystal Coconuts is out on Friday. There's a new Carrick Angren album out as well. If you want something more kind of underground-y and, and black metal-y and along those kind of lines. A uh, new Gravedigger album out as well if you just want some no-nonsense heavy fucking metal thunder. Uh, yeah that's also very good so loads of good shit out this week but if you can only check out one thing i would highly recommend the believe with an album because it is tops 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 well,
1: old-fashioned phrases today merlin
0: i know well you know trying to keep it real in a 1980s vibe <laughs> <laughs> I'm just excited i mean i've to- been talking about this album i an like, animal. It, no,
1: it's really good it's one of those albums that's gonna see me through winter because not to be a goth about it but like
0: it's not winter, mate.
1: No, I know. But like, I love spring and summer because I feel really happy. And then in winter, I, even though I love like the darkness, sometimes <laughs> it can get a bit sad. So it's one of the records that's going to keep me going through the winter. I can put it on when it's dark in the morning and blast it and it, I'll feel better.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's a high motivation album for sure. Yeah. Uh, shall we take some reader questions from our wonderful readers? Yes. Facebook.com slash Melthammer Readers. Uh, Mark yeah, Baker. That's what I've been blabbing away.
1: Mark Baker asks, "This is very topical. How far are you willing to drive to test your eyesight? And what album would be your choice for a road trip
0: soundtrack?" Something been going on in the. News. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe it's officially titled hashtag Cumgate. So there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, what would I mean? Neither L nor I drive. I do have a license, but I haven't used it for over ten years. I don't think um because i've been just a-
1: pretend just pretend you are using it for this situation
0: well um if i'm going so this isn't just a quick drive is it this is a 260 it's a 60 mile, mile drive, drive. <laughs> <Very> specifically <laughs> so you want something that's really going to get you going um
1: well it says how far are you willing to drive to test your eyesight so you don't have to drive that far or you could well, drive further it's well, your di- you can use your discretion
0: Okay, well, if I'm using my discretion on how far you should drive to test your fucking eyesight, then in that case, I'm just going to play um, You Suffer by Napalm Death because that's as far as I'm driving without my glasses on. <laughs> all of all of a second because it's I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go on a rant about this, but yeah. If I'm actually willing to drive to test my eyesight, not very far. If it was along a safe kind of road with nothing either side or at the end, <laughs> maybe I'd play like, I don't know. Now you want something calm, don't you? Oh,
1: hang on. It's not 260 miles anyway. The eyesight testing, that's 30 miles.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. all right then.
1: It's 30 miles to a beauty <laughs> spots, remember? Right,
0: that's okay. <laughs> you,
1: can stop, I- you can stop on the way if a member of your party needs a pee in a forest. Right, kids. And play there for a while.
0: Uh, I don't know. I'm not driving. I'm not driving. I'm not driving. I literally don't drive. So <laughs> I'm going to sit at home and just listen to this Beautiful Within album again. That's what I'm going to do.
1: I mean, obviously, I wouldn't drive any distance to test my eyesight because we would do that. But if I had to make a long car trip, um, obviously, I'd, you know, go and see my family as is customary if you're making a long car trip.
0: When you're allowed.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, this is, you know, this is a hypothetical in which I'm not really me and uh, I'm bending the rules. So... In that hypothetical rule bent situation, I'm obviously going to go and see my parents and they live uh, in South Manchester. And the soundtrack would be Slipknot's We Are Not Your Kind because uh, the last time, I don't know if it was the last time I was in a car with my mum, but my mum was in the car with me and it was on the day that record came out and it was my cousin's wedding. And my mum got in the car with me and I was like, we're listening to the new Slipknot record mum. Do you want me to change it? And she was like, no, no, that's fine. Whatever you like.
0: Excellent. That <laughs> so is- that,
1: that would bring back good memories. Yeah.
0: That is, that's- it, wouldn't,
1: it wouldn't have been the last time we're in a car together, but it was the last significant time I remember with music being on.
0: Well, you drive a bit um, reckless though, like fucking hell. By the time Solway Firth comes on, you're going to be like, ah! I've <laughs> Got my mum in the car, Melin. So good. even though I'm driving to test my
1: eyesight, I'm not putting anyone's lives in danger. <laughs>
0: good (laughs) um matthew bell asks just finished watching the last dance excuse me just finished watching the last dance i got choked up thinking about it and the excellent use of pearl jam's present tense in the final episode got me thinking what are the best unexpected uses of rock or metal songs in tv and movies um i watched the last dance as well and it is Honestly, whether you're into any sport or not, it is one of the best documentaries I've seen. And it's so good that it's actually got me into basketball to an extent where I'm going to buy my first basketball jersey on payday.
1: (laughs) That's cool. I know Matt's very into basketball, actually, so I'm sure we can give you some basketball hints.
0: You're more than welcome to. I've decided to go with the Brooklyn Nets because I like New York. It's my my favourite city. And it's somewhere I might, if I'm lucky, be able to go again. So maybe I could actually watch a a match, a game. I'm learning a game (laughs) Um, and uh, the Nets have some quite interesting stuff going on. And most importantly, their home colours are black. So obviously it's got to be them. Uh, So, yeah, but yeah, um, that use of present tense is really cool. Uh, In terms of uninspected use of rock and metal songs, I can't really look past for whom the bell tolls in Zombieland. Have you seen Zombieland? Yes. Me and my mate Jack watched that in the cinema. And we were all ready for a good film. We looked really good, like Woody Harrelson. Zombies, wicked! This is going to be hilarious. When that uh, zombie's face hits the windshield, (laughs) and then it like just goes into the da da da, -da, like genuinely one of the best opening montages of any film I've ever seen. We were actually like going oh in the middle of the cinema because it was so well done. Amazing. That'd be my vote. Uh,
1: my vote. Well. I think it's that most recency thing for me. I rewatched The Matrix at the weekend. Nice. which is amazing, and it's weird. Watch I probably haven't seen it for like ten, fifteen years, so it's weird watching it as more of a grown up. But the bit I'd completely forgotten it. The bit where Neo walks into the nightclub in the beginning and Dragula's playing. I was like, I don't, yeah. I
0: don't actually remember that. Yeah. Well, I haven't watched The Matrix in at least 10 years, I don't think. So I genuinely don't remember that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, he's in the club and Trinity comes up to him and says, Hello, Neo. And like, yeah, Dragula's playing. I'm like, yeah, Dracula's awesome. I want to go to a club. Oh <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: awesome. Yeah, I need to rewatch that. That's a that's a fun old film. They're doing a, a great
1: player. film and like rewatching it again with the whole um since Code Orange did their last record, and they were obviously using like the metaphor of going down the rabbit hole and the Alice in Wonderland thing and um, how that's used in the matrix. And obviously their fashion and look is all inspired by the types of glasses and coats and, you know, new millennium, cyber goth, BDSM style joy. So yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's cool to see that. I just remember how, how much of an impact that has, like, again, like the fashion and the culture and people still talking about, maybe not always in a positive way (laughs) and taking the red pill and all that. You're like, wow, The Matrix is massive.
0: Yeah, I I too have seen that Twitter spat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, another one that just came to mind, actually, Angel of Death in Gremlins 2 is a classic. Obviously, I watched Gremlins when I was pretty young, so I didn't know what Slayer was at the time. But it was one of those things. Do you ever have a thing where you've watched a film and it's got some music or it's got a reference or an actor in it or something, And you've watched the film a ton of times, but then you go back and watch it for the first time since you've got into a band or you've got into a different act or something. And then they pop up in it and you're like, oh my God, it was this all along. Yeah,
1: totally. uh, The Matrix was a bit like that for me, actually. Just not in terms of necessarily the music, but just a ton of other stuff in the film where you're like, oh, now I know what they're talking about. Like before I was a young teenager and now... I'm
0: older. <laughs> well, it's so good because every time you watch an episode like a year later, you get a different reference in it. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so Angel of Death and Gremlins. And um, I hadn't fully got into, well, I was into Motorhead, but very kind of in a loose greatest hits kind of way. And when I was really getting into horror movies and I was just getting all these like horror sequels, as many of them as I can, um, Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, Uh, which I think is very underrated and really good fun. Um, That finishes with uh, a cover of Hellraiser. Wait, no, it's not a cover. Basically, Lemmy and Ozzy wrote a song called Hellraiser together for Ozzy's No More Tears album. It's an absolute banger of a track. And I'd heard the Ozzy version of that song, but I'd never actually heard the Motorhead version. So then I was watching um, Hellraiser 3, and then as the credits roll at the end, I heard Hellraiser the song starting up, and I was like, oh, that's so cool that they've actually used this song for this uh, movie. Um, and then I heard Lemmy's voice singing over it instead. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? What is this? And like, that made me realise that the metal version's actually better. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Uh, Tom George McHugh says, uh, who are your favourite artists outside of metal? And then he adds, hope everyone is doing well. Hope you're doing well too, Tom. Um, I think we've answered this a few times. So I've kind of stuck to stuff from this year that I'm really into that's not that's not metally. Do you have anything that comes to mind
1: oh just, yeah just kind of general stuff that we've talked about before i like paris who are like a more obviously like more of a rocky band than a metal band have gone more mainstream with a v in I like halsey on that kind of end of things i like mainstream taylor swift grimes kind of like some of their stuff casey Quite musgraves nice, i told cho- i chose last year for our non my non-metal album of the year which was the golden hour
0: yeah you got me into that album
1: Yeah, it's really, really laid back. It's not metal at all. It's completely different. But if you're just kind of, if you want something that's really, really chilled, that record is really chilled.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's a great album. Um, Yeah, the Grimes album, I love. That's one of my favourite records from this year. Um, I think my favourite non-metal album is probably the Fortet album from this year. Uh, If you like your really kind of floaty, I don't want to say meditative. I
1: didn't even know there was still a thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think years. I don't think they've, yeah, they have been around quite a while now. Um, but um, yeah, they, uh, they 25
1: like, years or something, probably.
0: Shimmering like Electronica. Um, I think he does it better than anybody. And um, that new album is so good. I think that and Code Orange came out on the same day. So it was such a great day because I was like just alternating between them both all day long. This really heavy, visceral, angry album and then this nice kind of floaty EDM album um, and over around again. Uh I also like the Duke Dumont album if you like your kind of big, more basic, slightly trashy dance music. I'm very into that. Lane eight is really nice as well if you like the more chilled um electronic stuff. Um hip hop wise, uh I talked about Denzel Curry on the podcast before actually. He had an yeah, new- eight yeah, him. it's really good. Um and I'm very, very excited about imminent new albums from Lady Gaga, Run the Jewels, Bicep and Dead Mouse. That's gonna be a lot of my listening for the rest of this year, I think. <laughs> Run the jewels. Yeah, it's only 10 days away.
1: Zach Wells asks, what's the daftest made-up genre you can come up with? This is really hard because I feel like metal's done everything.
0: I was going to say, you can't get stupider than pirate metal, can you? Not to (laughs) knock out Storm in particular, but...
1: Yeah, pirate metal's pretty stupid. There's loads of other stuff too.
0: I mean, actually, you know what? Pirate metal isn't that stupid when you think about it in terms of like folk metal because it's kind of you know, pirates were a thing and there is kind of a cultural shift there. I don't know how deeply you can say bands like Airstorm and Running Well go into that, but it kind of works because there's a precedent. Like, you know what a pirate shanty sounds like. Um, the
1: think, first time um, I heard Fin Troll, I was like, what is this?
0: Yeah, exactly. But that's not even like, I mean, they call it Troll Metal, but that is just really frenetic folk matter, isn't it? Basically.
1: Yeah, that that was sort of the first time I'd heard it though, like, Whenever I heard that, 20, 15 um, years ago, whenever it was.
0: I think the most tenuous is fucking Goblin Metal or whatever they call it.
1: Necrogoblicon.
0: No, the other one. Yes, Necrogoblicon. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one fucking Goblin Metal band.
1: There isn't another Goblin Metal band apart from Necrogoblicon.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, because who else would be so ridiculous as to do such a thing?
1: <laughs> well, if no one else has done it, that's their problem.
0: Good point. Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. Like, look, they... Something like, I don't know, we all got to make a living. Um, crab, cor- <laughs>
1: crab core,
0: crab core, I feel like that was I more thought- kind of like a label rather than a thing.
1: I thought you could actually bring back crab core, but you could make it about crabs.
0: That's the most L thing I've ever heard you say. I don't think it is. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not even today. Not even today, <laughs> That's the thing I've heard you say, yeah, crab core, sure. Um, what else could you
1: do? Fucking hell. Hobbit just, metal. Hobbit metal? No, people was have done... I looking at my Lo- vinyl and
0: I just saw my Lord of the Rings set. Hobbit people metal.
1: Have, people have done Lord of the Rings themed metal songs. That's yeah. why it's so hard to think of something that's...
0: But happened. I'm not saying Hobbit themed metal. I'm saying Hobbit metal.
1: What, where people dress as Hobbits?
0: Yeah, and they have to play like Hobbit music, but metal.
1: Oh, so like not looking from the outside being from the inside like you are a hobbit and you're making hobbity music
0: yeah it's a metal, bit riffs.
1: right yeah no yeah Yeah. that could work
0: i mean yeah. it's just basically the other side of goblin metal isn't it so
1: yeah the other the other side of goblin metal i was just thinking like could you have posy metal that's just positive 100 percent of the time because most metal andy
0: wk's got that sewn up hasn't he
1: I told you there's something for everything.
0: (laughs) No, there really is. Metal is genuinely, we're not just saying this because we work on it, it's genuinely one of the widest, the most varied and often ridiculous genres out there. Like if there's a if there's a gimmick, metal's probably done it. It's
1: actually really a really annoying question because I actually looked up like a list of genres of music because I was like, oh, let's just find some stupid genre and put it with metal. And I was like, but everyone's done it already.
0: It's all been done uh that well
1: album. sorry go on just talked all over you
0: no i talked through you too
1: that last andrew wk album if you're feeling a bit down is so good you're not alone was out in 2018 and it's got like that song music is worth living for that is a proper proper throw your arms in the air song um and all the spoken word stuff is cool as well i feel like that just I feel like when that came out, everyone was excited that Andrew WK was a thing again. And everyone was like, Andrew WK, Andrew WK. But I feel like people kind of ignored the record. And genuinely, it was a really fun, interesting, motivational, good record. So if you think he's just about Party Hard, definitely listen to that record. It's really good.
0: Really good. And I think I seem to remember Elle doing an excellent feature with him as well. at the time.
1: <laughs> I was very lucky. I went to Chicago and met the Party King.
0: The party king himself. Uh, yeah, big ups Andy WK for sure. Um, that is just about it for this week's show. Um, as I say, do um, pick up the new issue of Metal Hammer if you're able to safely. We know it's, it's, you know life is very much not back to normal yet um, and maybe nor should it be. Uh, but um, uh, you know, we really appreciate your support. We appreciate you guys listening to us uh, and we will be back next week and every week till you get sick of us, which is hopefully never.
1: I'm sick of you, Merlin.
0: Oh, not really
1: not really
0: uh you got me you've got <laughs> me oh goodness me see you next week everybody take care goodbye goodbye